Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. San Jose tries to work. Fortune Carlson shot down. A huge save by Ronta as he gets across and denies Timo Meyer. Oh, that's Ronta's best save of the period. Well, it's his best save of the road trip. Went down to one knee, but is able to keep it in. And the Canes continue to put the pressure on. D'Angelo now has one. His shot is blocked. That goes off of the skate of Ferraro. Now trying to find Ajo. The puck finds D'Angelo. He scores! What a missile from Tony D'Angelo. And the Canes take a 1-0 lead. Circling. Finds his way to the middle of the ice. His shot right on Reimer with the save. Rebound chance is cleared away by Vlasic. And that just escapes the zone. Svechnikov has some noticeable jump playing with Jordan Stahl early in this game. Shot by Meyer right on Ronta with the save on the doorstep. And Ronta with two big saves as Meyer puts one right on and denies Logan Couture with 15.7 seconds left in the set. Jarvis into the shark zone. Looks for a pass. Sets it up right out in front for all. And Reimer with his best save. Seth Jarvis with a heads-up pass trying to set up all. Carlson. Barabanov, back for EK65 to Ferraro. He beats it up a bit, now gets it flat, sends it down to Hurdle. Shot saved by Ranta, and Barabanov scores! Sharks win it in overtime! This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Thank you very much for patronizing our little indulgence as we like to talk about the Hurricanes. You like to listen to us talk about the Hurricanes, so frankly, it works out pretty well. In that regard, didn't work out well in this regard in San Jose tonight as the Hurricanes come up a 2-1 overtime loser, but you get a point. So take the point and fly to Seattle. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Siding, roofing, windows, entry doors, storm doors, bay windows, bow windows, they've got it all at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Go online for a free no-obligation estimate at AluminumCompany.com. Alec Campbell will join us in just a little bit, uh, but let's go through it, shall we? Fun game. Fast game. Mostly an even strength game. Although the Hurricanes' lone penalty, which was deserved, Brett Pesci uh, really, I mean, I'm not going to fault him on it because he made so many good defensive plays late. Uh, Pesci's stick got in the way of, I forget who it was. Um, Might have been Barabanov, to be honest. Um, And he goes for tripping with 21.2 seconds left in regulation. And just after the penalty expires in overtime, the Sharks get the goal. Barabanov 
Uh, Alexander Barabanov gets the game winner. Uh, Ian Cole sprawled out on the ice. Auntie Ranta down and out. Uh, and eventually the puck finds the back of the net, and that's it. Uh, and Carolina got a point that, frankly, I'll say fortunate. Good to get a point because I don't think Carolina was the better team. The better team won tonight's game. The better team was the San Jose Sharks, in my opinion. Uh, for a game as exciting and fast-paced as this was, low shot game, I think uh, roughly, what, 23-22, something like that, in favor of San Jose. I mean, San Jose had a shot edge. I don't know what the number was ultimately, but it was very close. It's like 23-22 or something to that effect. Uh, so a low shot game for uh, for these two teams, considering the tempo the game was played at. Uh, but I just think San Jose just was much better, I thought, in the offensive end, especially around Carolina's net, than Carolina was against San Jose. I mean, there really nothing around the goal. Most of Carolina's shots, the highest concentration of shots from Carolina, came from uh, the right point, whether it's D'Angelo or Pesci or Shea or Cole. Seemed like most of their shot attempts are coming from uh, some pretty well out. The uh, the heat map is not not kind to Carolina in terms of their shot attempts. Just uh, was not you, whatever the reason for it. You want to give San Jose the credit, uh, or if you want to say maybe Carolina played a little bit of a tired game. I don't know. Uh, didn't look like a good Carolina game in the third period. Um, but I think it was a wild first. I do think the road might have caught up with Carolina. Uh, wild first period, which I will say was more of a draw, even though slight edge probably to San Jose in shot quality. Uh, second period I thought was a good one for Carolina, their best period of the night. And third period was their I, maybe Carolina's worst period of the night. There was a lot of... Uh, you know, kind of playing in your own end, and I think the numbers kind of bear that out. Uh, the high danger opportunities for San Jose seven to one over Carolina. Remember, Carolina also had two power plays. Eh, power play wasn't very good tonight, uh, but a third period seven one edge and high danger chances. Canes had three all night long, and that's really to me the way the game kind of went. I think didn't think Carolina was. Uh, sharp enough offensively uh, through two periods. I thought Carolina was skating well, but I didn't think they did as much uh, or as well in the third period. I thought the Canes' best two lines were their first line and their fourth lines tonight, uh, but I'm not entirely sure that was constant throughout the night because I thought the Ajo line kind of got taken taken advantage of in the last 10 or so minutes of the third period, and then Ajo was on the ice at four-on-four in overtime. Uh, This is, I mean, Sebastian has played so well this year, and I'm not even saying he played poorly. I really think that line kind of ran out of gas in the third period. Um, And whether it's Ajo uh, or Teravainen or Jarvis, I don't know. Just that, that line just got dominated by Logan Couture's line, and... You know, we didn't. We haven't seen San Jose in two years. Uh, Logan Couture is all you want. He's still an elite player, and he's healthy. 
So uh, I thought, to me, he was the... I know he didn't... I don't even think he figured in a goal. I'm not sure Logan Couture or Timo Meyer weren't the two best players on the, on the ice. I mean, they were all over this game. Uh, and I don't believe either got a point. No, they did not. They did not get a scoring point in this game, but I thought they were the two best players on the ice for San Jose and honestly probably the two best players in the entire game. Um, but I thought Jesperi Kotkaniemi uh, had a bunch of good moments. They allowed a little bit much, but uh, I think that was kind of indicative of the night in terms of you know grade A chances allowed. I think Carolina was on the short end no matter who was on the ice regarding that. The only chances you heard uh, Carolina's best scoring chance that wasn't a goal and the Tony D'Angelo shot from the, uh, you know, just sort of in from the point was, I mean, not a high danger scoring chance, but the best chance they had all night was that highlight you heard uh, Jarvis passing it down low to uh, Ajo. And let's just hear it again because this was a great save by James Reimer. Jarvis into the shark zone. Look for a pass. That's in a brand front for all. And Reimer with his best save. Seth Jarvis with a heads up pass trying to set up Ajo. Yes. The, uh, the pass across right on Ajo's tape. He was lunging for it, so maybe that's why he couldn't elevate. If he elevates it at all, it's a goal, uh, but he couldn't, and Reimer got the pad to it. Great save, best save of the night, I thought, for James Reimer. Uh, Auntie Ranta played really well in goal for Carolina, very well. Uh, well enough to deserve a win, didn't get it. It's going to happen again, not only to Ranta, but Freddie Anderson, Carolina has gotten a bunch of wins this year where they didn't play well uh, or didn't play better than the other team. Uh, And had Carolina been able to pull out an overtime win, that would have been the case again tonight. Carolina didn't outplay the LA Kings and got a win. I'm not sure they outplayed the Anaheim Ducks and got a win. So if they say these things even out, uh, we're bound to see some games where Carolina plays better and, and loses. We actually saw one when Carolina lost at home to Philadelphia, I thought they were the better team, just lost the game. And uh, I think Carolina was not the better team tonight and managed to extract a point from the game, and that's good. But again, Ante Ranta played very well. I thought Tony D'Angelo was excellent in the game. Um, but Carolina, as a team, got roasted in the faceoff circle, and they had the uncharacteristic mistake of Jacob Slavin turning the puck over behind his own goal that led to, wasn't behind his own goal, it was sort of on the corner. Uh, he had an opportunity to clear the puck, and he kind of whiffed on it, uh, and it ends up on the stick of uh, Kevin LeBanc, uh, uh, or LeBanc, and uh, this uh, weather Weatherby got him the puck, and uh, LeBanc didn't waste any time. He uh, beat uh, Ranta a little bit far side, in between the blocker arm and the body, and that was it. Almost looked like Ronta uh, thought he could have had it, but maybe over, I don't know, overcommitted or something. It was kind of a weird look, uh, but no fault to Auntie Ronta, who, again, played, I thought, really, really well. Has played really well in both starts on this road trip, his second and third starts of the season. Um, but Car- Slavin actually had another turnover a little bit later on, nearly turned it over again, right behind his goal, 
but the puck never came all the way out in front for a, an opportunity for somebody to take a shot and put it on net before it was covered up. Uh, so uh, that was... That was, in a nutshell, Carolina's game tonight. Tony D'Angelo with his fourth goal of the season now has 16 points in 17 games. Uh, he played well tonight. He has played well all year long. Uh, Ranta, again, has played well. And Seth Jarvis picked up an assist. He now has points in six consecutive games. Kidding. The goals in the first two of those games did not count. I'm going to keep using that, I guess, until he stops doing good things. But I thought Seth was pretty good tonight, again. Um, but again, Carolina was didn't have a ton of players who were great. But I thought Jarvis was a positive influence on the group. And again, he could have uh, could have had two, two setups tonight, and that would have been really good. If Carolina had gotten the second goal and gone up 2-0 and loved their chances. Uh, but it, once it's a one-shot hockey game, it only takes one mistake. And the mistake Slavin made with the inability to clear the zone uh, set up the LeBanc goal, and then you lose it in overtime. Uh, Pesci makes a couple of great defensive plays to prevent a goal late in regulation, but ultimately down on the ice, his stick gets in the way, and that's a trip. And then Carolina's shorthanded to start the overtime. Uh, and it almost looked to me like they had some guys on the ice that were a little tired. And one of them, I thought, was Sebastian Ajo. And if you look at that, uh, the way that third period played out, it was almost exclusively Logan Couture's line out there against Sebastian Ajo and his line, and I think the Couture line won that battle tonight. Sebastian doesn't lose a lot of battles line to line, but I think they lost it tonight. Um, and I know there were people who are mad that Andrei Svechnikov was pulled off that line. I think primarily it was because uh, Rod wanted three scoring lines. Um, and in, you know, if you count the fourth line, which has produced points lately, uh, four scoring lines, and not you know have Nino, Fost, and Stahl as more of a checking line. Um, but Carolina didn't have a lot of scoring lines tonight at all because only one line really generated high danger scoring chances, and that was the Ajo line, and they kind of went away in the third period, but. Uh, they, did, they didn't get enough out of Trochek's line, didn't get enough out of Stahl, Svechnikov, and Faust. Um, and that, to me, is, I don't know. I, I, I don't think you can chalk it up to uh, it was a bad line combination. We've seen those combinations do well in the past. Uh, so that's, uh, that's where we are. Uh, but 14-2-1 is nothing to be upset about. It just isn't. And uh, Washington is a couple of points back, but Carolina's got a couple of games in hand. Uh, the Rangers are four points back, uh, and Carolina has, I believe, uh, a game in hand on them. Um, Florida, on the other side, uh, has the same number of points as Carolina, 29, but the Hurricanes have a game in hand on Florida. Toronto has 27 points, but they've played... Uh, three more games than Carolina. Tampa and Carolina have each played the same number of games, and the Lightning have 23 points. The Carolina's 29. Those are the... Uh, I've neglected Columbus and Pittsburgh. Right now, they would be holding down wildcard spots. So Carolina, Washington, the Rangers, Columbus, and Pittsburgh in the Metro, Florida, Toronto, and Tampa Bay in the Atlantic. If the season ended today, which, of course, it doesn't, 
those would be your eight playoff teams. By the way, the Kraken snapped the losing streak the other night, and when Carolina goes to Seattle on Wednesday evening, uh, they will be taking on the Kraken uh, with a good feeling, a good taste in their mouth after a win over the Washington Capitals. How about that? Uh, Kraken beat the Capitals. It's a team that should be good. I know Ron Francis earlier this year kind of uh, through the media just said, yeah, we should be better than we are. Don't understand it. Kind of a mystery. I thought our defense would be really good. I thought our goaltending would be really good. Uh, Neither has been great. So if they get it together, that's a team that should be able to play pretty good defense. They have, uh, I think, a fair amount of uh, capable goal scorers, uh, although they're not going to be a high-scoring team. But, I mean, they should be able to play a bunch of 2-1 games. 3-2 games at, uh, at worst. You know, Grubauer in net, a bunch of solid NHL defensemen, and the likes of Jordan Eberle, who can finish if given the opportunity. And we'll get a chance to see a couple of former Hurricanes in that game on Wednesday night. We'll get a chance to see Morgan Geeky, if he's in the lineup, and or Hayden Fleury. Same deal there, if he's in the lineup. Uh, but ultimately, you know, you play a lot of these games. This is Carolina's 17th game of the season uh, and it's not like this is the first time that Carolina hasn't played up to their normal standard, at least in my opinion, uh, and it won't be the last, but you get a point. If you can get points out of the games where you don't play your best, I just don't see the problem with that at all. Uh, all credit to the San Jose Sharks, and the Hurricanes will board a plane to get up to Seattle, go visit the Space Needle, get some coffee, see John Forsland. Speaking of John Forslund, if you are listening to this podcast in the morning, John will join us on the radio around 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Hey, and before uh, before we get to Alec Campbell, I want to thank the Carolina Hurricanes and San Jose Sharks in a game in which the opening faceoff was dropped at 10.38 p.m. Eastern Time. I want to thank them from go- for going to overtime. And I want to thank them, sort of, for making it quick in overtime. Because it's very possible I could fall asleep in the second half of this podcast. My man, Alec Campbell, Stormwatch Aftermath, intermissions, Monday through Friday, noon to three. Our show's about to start. Are you at the studio yet? I just left the studio. No, come on, we got to get back. No, I'm not. I'm going home. It's five going minutes to, to two. Bed. It's five minutes to two. I want to, th- I want to thank these two teams for playing overtime in a game where the opening faceoff was at 10.38 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, well, I mean, you knew that was going to happen, though. The latest game of the year was definitely <laughs> going to overtime because that's just the law of the media. <laughs> I mean, I knew that was going to happen. I, I almost tweeted it out in the first period. Or in the second period, even when the Hurricanes were up one nothing, I almost tweeted out, you know this game's going to overtime, right? But I didn't do it. Didn't do it. And fair enough, it happened. But, I mean, it was it was very – I mean, it was so in the car. You could tell just based on the way the game was being played. Right. Especially through the first two periods. I mean, I thought it was mostly an even hockey game. I mean – 
the first period definitely was. The first period, I, I, I deemed the first period the Adam Schefter period. <laughs> Adam Schefter loves to come on TV and talk for a long time, but not really say anything that's worth anything. Right. And that's kind of what the first period was. It was, it was just, it was played at a very high pace and it was fun, but ultimately neither team really did a whole lot. And I mean, there was a couple of good chances. There was the Derek Stepan chance around on the doorstep off a great feed from Okaniemi. And then there was a Timo Meyer uh, redirect and he got his own rebound. It was a great save by Ronta. And those are really the two like main mm-hmm. plays, like like dangerous chances I remember in the first period. Uh, San Jose was blocking a ton of shots. They blocked eight shots in the first period. Yeah. So it was like it was really like there was there was a lot happening but not a lot happening at the same time. And and I thought the best period was the Kane's second period. Mm-hmm. But even then, I mean you know, it's not like they ran away with it. Mm-mm. And then I thought in the third period they got beat up a little bit, uh, mostly at the back half of it. But yeah, I mean the game was the game was. Uh, I mean, both teams I thought had some great energy. Both teams had good goaltending tonight, and they were both you know playing. I thought pretty high level. I mean, Rod said after the game that he felt better about this game than he did about the game in L.A. And oh yeah, and I agree with that. It was, a, it was just a good, I thought, well, pretty well-played hockey game by both teams. Yeah, I mean, I think the better team won the game. I think San yeah. Jose played better than Carolina. Um, but, yeah, I'd agree with that. But Carolina, I mean, certainly didn't play badly. With the, the, the only thing that, you know, and I, Rod sort of alluded to it, he said he didn't like their last few shifts of the third period. Uh, and I would yeah. say maybe their last... 10 shifts of the third period because yeah. I thought the back half of the period, um, that's where San Jose really leaned on Carolina. And, um, you know, the it was low that to me, that was the Logan Couture Timo Meyer show in the uh, in the right. third period. I thought, like, did those guys ever leave the ice? Because it seemed like every time they were on the ice, they were making something happen. Um, so, that line, and they got matched up with Ajo tonight um, for at least in the third period. I think I mentioned in one of our intermission hits that it almost looked like it was a tag team, like um, half of their shift was against the stall svechnikov Foss line and half was against the Ajo jarvis Teravanin line. But in the third period, it was almost exclusively uh, 39 versus 20. And I think 39 won that matchup tonight, to be, to be perfectly honest and fair and understanding that Ajo has been great all year, but I don't think it was his best game tonight. But I think that it was mostly uh, the fact that Logan Couture is still an elite player and he just played a really good game. That's funny because I gave Ajo the third star of the game. I mean, he, he was good, but in the last 10 minutes of the game, um, yeah. they, they got, I mean, the only, go ahead. I didn't know who the third star was. Honestly. <laughs> I knew who the first two stars were. Right. Um, and I, I, I feel like I could have given the third star to any number of players who were 
good but not great. I mean, I mean, Ajo was 70% in the face-off circle tonight. Right. Their line was good, I think. He did have a giveaway tonight. Is there only uh, dangerous I line? Betrick, I mean, you know, I, I thought the fourth line had some had some yeah. good, had a good uh, had a good night tonight. But I didn't I didn't think that any individual was that overwhelming to me. Um, you know, Andre Spetsikov I thought was pretty good tonight, but you know, we haven't talked about the fact that now we're going on ten games without Andre Spetsikov scoring a goal, right? Um, so, I mean, I could have given it to him. I mean, I really didn't know who the third star was, to be perfectly honest. Hey, so, I, I, I just kind of gave it to Ajo. All the pressure's off me. I don't have to give – I don't do stars when they don't win. But my first star would yeah. have been Ante Ranta, and my second star yeah. would have been Tony D'Angelo. Um, yeah, those were my first two. I thought, I thought Ian Cole played a good game, but he was laying on the ice – on the final goal, uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he was tired. Yeah. I actually think that the it almost looked like the road finally got to Carolina in the um, in the third period. Yeah, I, I kind of touched on that um, with Trip in the pregame show because to me that was I, well. I mean, I thought I thought last game was kind of the sign of that is where. You know, here you are a weekend, you played every other day, and you haven't really, you didn't play well. But I know they played better tonight than they did in L.A. No question. Uh, so, so maybe, but I mean, yeah, I mean, these are, these are tough, they're tough road trips, man. When you're away for that long and you're playing every other day like this, not really practicing, mm-hmm. just kind of morning skating. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I I could see how that could be a situation. Yeah, and here's what when I when I was talking about Aho, um, he got beat by Couture down the right wing. Um, I think that was the third period. It might have been late second, uh, and then he got beat from around b- behind the goal by Timo Meyer. Uh, that was the wrap yeah. chance that went just wide. I don't know if Ranta got a piece of it or not. I think the puck just went wide. Uh, if Ranta made the save, that would be awesome. Um, but, um, so look, that's a great line and I'll be, uh, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't even know who the third guy is on that line. Uh, but I know all too well how good Logan Couture is. Who's been a hurricane killer his whole career. Uh, and Timo Meyer is just an outstanding player. Um, and those Mm -hmm. two, those two guys were, uh, were handfuls tonight. We also saw the, the rare Jacob Slavin Defensive zone giveaway for a goal, uh, where yep. he kind of whiffed the clearing attempt, and then a few minutes later, he did it again, but the puck never came out from behind the net, and I think Ronta just kind of froze it, melted it down for a faceoff. But uh, he otherwise played a great game. But those two, uh, the one mistake did cost yeah. him, and the other mistake could have. Yeah, I agree. I thought. I mean, Jacob Slavin, I sort of had in the running for a third star, but. Because he had the whiff on the goal they scored in regulation, I didn't. I, could, I didn't feel like I could give him one. You're a taskmaster. Um, and you know he also had. He, he also was a victim of Timo Meyer at one point. Mm-hmm. Meyer skated right around him, and you know, and across the crease for a chance. Yeah, I can't remember what period it was in, but first um, period, I think. There, 
but there were a lot of good Jacob Slavin moments. I mean, he got physical again tonight, oh. which is just a thing that's been interesting this year, you know? I asked him about it a couple of games ago, right before the uh, St. Louis game, and he said that he got, like, an influx of text from, mostly from his family about the Jake DeBrus kid. I think there was one other one right. that now I'm blanking on. And he said that his wife essentially has been begging him to be a little bit more of a physical player. And uh, I don't know, maybe just the, maybe just the, the uh, maybe just the circumstances have presented themselves more than they have in the past. But I mean, that's like three distinct, yeah, like big time hits from Jacob this year. I am fighting the urge to make all sorts of jokes, but I won't. Yeah, I know. I tweeted it out, and then as soon as I tweeted that, I was like, ah, that's going to get... Yeah. People are, people are going to make of that what they want. I have too much respect for Jacob Slavin to go down that road. Wait. Yeah, I mean, even he he kind of chuckled when he said that to me, too. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, but, you know, but as, as I said at the beginning of this, like, you, you weren't the better team but you still managed a point. So put it in your pocket, get on a plane, right. and go visit John Forzon in Seattle. Yeah, there's no reason to be... Listen, I mean, they've, they're, they've, they've taken, what, seven points out of a possible eight? So, so far. far on this trip. Yeah, yeah. it's already I been mean, a successful road trip. Right, right, exactly. And you didn't even lose, you know, you didn't even... Losing regulation, so that's good. You go up to Seattle, who just beat Boston the other day, but they came off a seven-game losing streak or something yeah. like that, six or seven games. I mean, that's a, that's another winnable game up there. So, yeah, I mean, and, you know, again, they played better than they did in L.A., so I think that's all encouraging. I, they just didn't, they didn't get a ton – I mean – I thought San Jose did a great job blocking shots. 23. Tonight. 23 blocked shots. In, right. Yeah, in regulation. It was tough to get bucks to the net. It was, and that was, you know, that was evident, I think, early in the game, too. And yeah. at that point, I mean, you got to fight for ice. And maybe they didn't do a good enough job doing, and, doing that. And that's my ultimate, my ultimate problem with their offense in this game was that if you look at their heat map on where their shot attempts came from, um, right. most of their shots tonight came from the point. There weren't right. a lot of shot attempts between the circles, in the slot. There just weren't a lot. Um, at the same time, they could have won the game. Uh, Reimer's best save of the night was the one he made on the Jarvis pass to Ajo at the left side of the goal. Uh, that was a great play. Um, Ahu lunged for it, just couldn't elevate the puck. If he elevates the puck, it's a goal. Um, it, all he had to do was chip it over the pad, but Reimer got the pad to it, and that was Carolina. I think that was Carolina's best scoring chance from the uh, the middle of the second period on. From that right there, I mean, it was a great, it was an absolute great A chance. But that line was the only line, and and even if we gave Step on a high danger scoring opportunity. That would have been four, and the Ajo line was responsible for the other three. So they got yeah. out high-dangered 
uh, 12-3 tonight for the game and 7-1 in the third period. Yeah, yeah. They got smoked in that category. No doubt about it. So, but other than that, it was, uh, it was a wonderful night. It's cold on the back porch. And uh, I have nothing else to report. All right. Sounds good, man. I'm not even home yet. So You're a, not even home a, yet. That's, that's a quickie for sure. Yeah, well, it is. I'm close, I'm close to home, it's, but I'm not there yet. It's 2.09 a.m. Eastern time. I have to be in carpool yeah, soon. I will be, uh, I will be not passing go, not collecting $200. I will be going straight into the bed. I might not brush my teeth. I don't know. I haven't decided Ooh. yet. You look at yeah. you living dangerously. Yeah, that's how much of a rebel I am. Actually, I got to get a cup of water first. But other than that, why do you need a cup of water? There. Is this a routine? I just always, yeah, I just, I always just take, I take water to bed. I don't know. Oh yeah, I yeah, do. absolutely. Yeah, sit on the nightstand. You know, wake up in the middle of the night, and there it is. Take a sip or two. <laughs> yeah, it's right there, right there. I just lean over. Like a dog, and just lick it out of the cup. Do you have a straw? No, no, I don't need a straw. I'm not a straw guy. You're not? Not, time, not? not even like, on the road, in the car on the road? That's, to me, that's the only acceptable straw there is. Is in a, like, fast food cup on the road. I agree my, with my that. Wife, my wife uses a straw in everything. Really? And Yeah, and it's... It, it, I mean, at this point, I'm I'm fairly used to it, but she's just she's a big straw person. I don't. It's, it's some of it's, I don't know. I just feel like if you don't have a lid, you don't need a straw. You don't need a straw. And yeah. like normally, I would prefer to not have a lid. Like even when there's like a lid, like a coffee lid available. Uh huh. I generally don't like to have the lid on if I don't have to. I'd rather have the coffee open. You know what I'm saying? No, I mean if but if I'm if I'm in the car, I need the car, I need the lid. Yeah, I, no, no. I, I need the, the car, lid if I'm in the if car. You're in the, if you're in the car, that's one thing. Yeah. But like let's say I go into Starbucks and I decide I'm gonna sit there. Okay. And they give me the same cardboard cup full of coffee. Yeah. I'm I'm leaving the lid off. Do you ever uh do you ever have you ever drank coffee through a straw? Yeah, I have. I've drank iced coffee through a straw. No 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 not 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 uh, not iced coffee. Coffee. No. No. I have. I like it. I haven't done it in a while, but uh Some I don't people mind say it. that's better for you so it doesn't stain your teeth. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't didn't realize that that was uh, okay. Maybe, maybe that'll be my excuse the next time I do it. If somebody says, "Hey, why are you drinking coffee through a straw?" So I don't stain my teeth like you, you Neanderthal. <laughs> exactly. That person will probably be me. Who <laughs> well, I would never call you a Neanderthal. I know you too well. <laughs> you're 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 oh, a man no, of culture. Okay. Oh no, it's okay. It's okay. I, I accept that. My uh, my wife tried to ply me with bourbon again tonight. I saw that. I'm surprised you're still awake. Uh, yeah, I didn't drink all of it. 
Is that because you didn't like it or because you wanted to be awake? It's about 70% wanting to be awake. I think I, I think I could have uh, powered through it had, had we not had a 1038 puck drop. She made the drink at 915. I think if I drank the whole thing that I would have been asleep uh, during the first intermission. I would have, I would have missed my conversation with you. <laughs> well, you made the right call then. I, I absolutely did. Uh, and uh, we have these little energy drinks. I drank one of those, uh, like, in the first period. So I'm ready to go. I might just go out to the barn and get stuff done now. Oh, man. No, I won't. I won't. Sounds terrible. It does. Uh, all right, so uh, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna pack my straws and I'm going to uh, to call this a night. Alec Campbell, I will see you. Uh, we'll do this again on uh, Wednesday night when we uh, take on the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, one more, one more for a week or two. Yeah, before they go to Canada. So <laughs> they go to Vancouver. These people, what are they doing? Uh, real, uh, real fast. It'll give us an opportunity, at least for uh, for me. Uh, might uh, might watch that entire broadcast uh, on the Seattle Kraken TV network. Yeah, uh, I'd be here for it. I mean, I love John Forslund. And I miss John Forbes. I do. We're uh, and I gave everybody the uh, the preview of tomorrow's radio show or today's radio show. If you're listening to this in the morning, John Forsland, twelve thirty p.m. Eastern time. Excellent. Yeah, looking forward to it. I think so. Um, anyway, he was he watched the game tonight. I know that he was tweeting about it. Yeah, well, that's smart of him to do, and that's why John's the best. Scouting, he's always prepared, and he's always watching games, and he does. He scouts. He gets up, he watches every every goal from every game every day. Yes. He might even he might even watch condensed games. I can't he does. remember exactly what his routine is. But he, he watches he the five like, right. The last five yeah, games of every team uh that they're about to play. And he gets up in the morning and he gets up at like five o'clock in the morning and he runs through all the night before stuff and he's uh He's, he's a hard worker, man. He's the best there is, the absolute best there is. As you are, Alec Campbell, you are the uh, you are the John Forsland of late night podcast uh, buddies. Well, you know that's not true, but I appreciate the compliment. Hey, before we get out of here, let's check out what the head coach had to say after the game, shall we? It was a good game. We played well. Um, they played good. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where we just, you know, we didn't get pucks through, but we were trying to do the right things. We, you know, we gave them a few chances at the end. I didn't love our last couple of shifts, but other than that, I thought, I thought we had a, a solid game. Didn't love our power play. That could have been better. You know, obviously that's the difference in the game. They get a power play goal. Not doesn't count as one, but it's essentially a power play goal. And we, and we didn't. But other than that, I thought it was, that was a good effort. Monty gave you a chance to win the night, please, with this performance. Yeah, yeah he was solid and you know, both goalies played really well, kept the teams in the game. And, um, you know, could we be better? Yeah, but it was much better game than, than the one before, for sure. Is it a credit to their defense shots finish, 23 for you guys, 23 blocks for them? Is that a credit to them, or would you like yeah. to see more from your offense? No, I mean, that's, we knew that coming in. That's kind of how they play. And, you know, 
some nights they're going to have that. And some nights those are going to go through and you're going to be all alone at the net, which we had a few of those too. So um, you got to take what they give you. And we did. We just, you know, like I said, we didn't capitalize. Corey? Rod, Tony said that when when a team is using like two layers of shot blockers like they are, your, your, your hope is that it hits off them and it kicks out wide to one of those uncovered guys. Is this just kind of a night of – of not getting that kind of bounce to, to yeah, help you out a bit. Exactly. I mean, there's not much else you can do. I mean, you can try to get a little cuter and that doesn't usually work either. So you know, I thought we worked really hard. And um, like I said, we, just, we didn't get the bounce we were looking for. Um, but uh, you know, it's, like I said, it was, it was a pretty good game. So Rob Brindamore's right. Canes played well. I don't think they played as well as San Jose, but you got a point. You move on. No offense. Uh, next game. 14-2-1. Take it and run. Uh, and we're going to take it and run. The Canes Corner Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. There's no place like it. So uh, you want a free no-obligation estimate, you know where to get it. Online, aluminumcompany.com. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Give us a rating or a review. That's fine. Give us some feedback because that's what we like. Let us know what you like, and uh, who knows? Maybe we can incorporate it into a future podcast. We should do a mailbag one time. Maybe we will do a mailbag one time. Anyway, uh, for my friend Alec Campbell, I am Adam Gold. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast. See you later. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsband.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Is getting your CPAP supplies a real pain? It doesn't have to be that way. Hi, I'm Brandon Giggling, president of Parkway Sleep Health Centers, and we are North Carolina's number one source for CPAP machines and supplies. Our streamlined process makes getting your CPAP as easy as one, two, three, and we ship anywhere in the state. If you're in need of a CPAP machine, supplies, a knowledgeable doctor, or a sleep study, Parkway has you covered. For information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health.